0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Bang smack in the middle of a big European midweek for Scottish football. Hibs are underway against the might of Aston Villa and they are a goal down at Easter Road. Rangers are exactly where they were against PSV last season, taking a 2 all draw to Eindhoven for the second leg. And Celtic are reportedly out to extend the contract of Rio Hatati. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight, two men on a pay-as-you-play contract in here, it's Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller, two ex-Hibs men as well. Don't say we don't think these things through, it's all planned very carefully. Will you be able to take your eyes off it though, Marvin Bartley, and concentrate on the phone-in? I'm going to try, Gordon. I'm going to try, especially now we're on the, on the TV and people can see us. So I'm going to try and remain professional, but not the greatest of starts for Hibs, you know, 1-0 down already. Hope they can keep themselves in the game and, you know, do a Rangers yesterday and potentially get a draw out of this. Well, it'll be one way to ask, big ask for Lee Johnson <laughs> and his team because this Aston Villa team are all over them at the moment. It's, uh, I mean, 1-0. I mean, I think, I think even getting away with a one-goal deficit going at the second leg wouldn't be a bad result. It would still keep the tie alive. So, But all to do, all to do in this game, like I said, Aston Villa are a top, top-level team. So it's, uh, it's going to be a big ask for Hibs tonight. 01419511025. It doesn't have to change too much for you. We're still here 6 to 8. We're still talking about whatever football subject is on your mind. Of course, it will be sprinkled with updates uh, from Easter Road. And Marvin's right, the fact that the live stream is on now, it's going to be great. You're going to be a meme. <laughs> You're going to be 10 memes by the end of the, the evening because we could have the anguish, the despair, we'll get the joy if Hibs manage to do something as unlikely as it looks at the moment. You'll be all over the place. Yeah, so no, I look forward to that. We want the joy, Gordon. We definitely want the joy. We don't want the tears from me, do we? Live on this. Well, that'll be when you Kenny's lose. That'll be when you me. lose it. Beat the pundit, <laughs> I think. So, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five away from Easter Road. What about last night then, Rangers fans? It felt like the game had everything. There was a a lot to like by the the looks of it. There was bits not to like. It's two all again going over to Eindhoven. Uh, there was some spectacular goals, some defensive lapses. It was all there. So, quite simply, what did you make of last night, Rangers fans? It is that simple. Pick up that phone right now, please, and let us know. 01419511025. Celtic fans, you're just waiting patiently for your European adventure to start. You've got that luxury of going straight into the group stages. Lots of chat today about Rio Hitati's contract negotiations. Leila Bada, I think, in that mix as well. So, again... All your thoughts on that, Celtic fans, please, 01419511025. And you were at Ibrooks last night, so you're perfectly placed to get involved in this. It felt like it did have a bit of everything, didn't it? I felt the second half was a, it was an exciting cup tie. It was an exciting game of football. Rangers were way better in the second than what they were in the first. But what they did in the first is what they had to do. They had to defend well. They had to be organised. They had to stay together. They had to take their moment. And for long spells of the first half, it didn't look like there was going to actually be a moment until right on the stroke of half time, where, where Seymour scored an absolute wonderful goal. Uh, great pressure high up, which I felt where PSV were vulnerable. Uh, good pressure. And then the finish was just sensational. That was one of the great, he needed that. Moment, so <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say that, Gordon, but you have. So it wasn't. Uh, you can say the, that now. I think it, it wasn't having the best first half. I would say that, but uh, as an attacking force, Rangers weren't 
up to too much in the first half because I mean, PSV are a really, really good team and, and they imposed their cell phone Rangers last night. But in the moments where they could have transitioned well, when I think that's maybe potentially why Seymour was chosen to play, you know, with his pace and his power and looking to stretch the game. But it wasn't quite happening for him in the first half until that moment. So it was, I mean, again, been what a moment it was. It was a, a absolutely it's wonderful goal, finish. It? it was. Right, go on then, 01419511025. Well, Stu Rangers fans, get your calls in and please do. It's a simple question. What did you make of last night? What did you take away from it? Uh, whilst you line those calls up, the official update from Easter Road is Hibs nil Aston Villa 1 with 23 and a half minutes gone. Marvin Bartley, how would you sum it up? Um, listen, I, th I think Hibs have had a couple of chances going forward. Uh, I think they've probably got a little bit too excited before the final ball because they've seen a couple of players be caught offside in basic kind of offside traps set by Aston Villa. Um, the goal that Hibs conceded, they'll be very disappointed with. You know, Ollie Watkins is in the box against three Hibs defenders yet none of them get contact on him. And to be fair, it's a fantastic header put in the back of the net, but I think you see Lee Johnson shouting after towards the defenders, asking what's going on, because it shouldn't happen. You know, you can't give a player of, of that level that sort of opportunity, and that's the reason they're 1-0 down. I mean, it wasn't super John McGinn. He might have his say later on. It was Ollie Watkins. There's a guy who scored, you know, 16 goals in English Premier League last season. Kenny, I think most of them actually in the second half of the season. That is the level Hibs are up against. But at the same time, it was such a basic goal to lose, wasn't it? It's not like you're sliced apart by the, the brilliance of a of a superior opponent. And, and they have been sliced apart as well, so that's where it will be ever so uh, disappointing for Lee Johnson and his team because this, uh, this is a top team, you know, so they can do it and they have done it. But from a basic, it was a bit of play, a ball out wide and a cross. And like Marv says, there was three, there's three centre-backs in there tonight. Watkins pulls onto the first one initially and he just takes a, he don't, not even great movement he just takes a wee step back well I suppose it is great movement because he takes mm -hmm. a step back in between the, the, the middle centre back and Fish the right side centre back and the, to be fair the ball does land right mm -hmm. right in yeah. between the two and it's a wonderful cross but you would still expect the Hibs defenders to be more aggressive yeah. in their positioning and actually at least making a bit of contact to try and put Watkins off ah. but it was a great header he just guides it gets enough in it in off the back post it was uh, really really good top striking from from Watkins I'm going to find some positives it does feel like Hibs have got into decent areas Marvin just maybe that it's that next bit I feel like they've, you know, they've got a corner at the moment it feels like they've got into the Villa box well that was the massive positive enough. I was about to give you they've got a corner Gordon I think it's an end in a goal mate uh, no they have, they have got into some like I said attack areas I just think you know a couple of times Martin Boyle's gone a little bit too early and, and ran offside but listen Johan seems to be playing as the highest one it looks like they're just trying to stretch Villa whenever they possibly can um, you know and almost trying to play on a counter-attack I don't know if that's a game plan or they're just being forced into it because you know Villa are dominating the ball kind of in that middle third and Villa's own defensive third yeah Hibs that won't Martin Boyle might have a penalty shout he goes down ref says no what are your thoughts on that it's not liking to go down, is it, Martin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there was a coming together, wasn't there? That, that was, was like, you know, kind of shoulder to shoulder, but because it's the attacking player, I mean, there's no way it's have a look at it, but mm. I don't think it was... Uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was too, too much in it, yeah. Martin Boyle's... Are you trying to say there's a reputation there? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, well, not, <laughs> not, in the, not in the back Absolutely. of that left leg, no? Uh, nah... Well, listen, if they give it, I'll be delighted. He, he initiates a contact there. He's actually tripped the vast. The ball yeah, player. Down. <laughs> Good try, though, Gordon. We'll love the positivity to try and get our teams out of yeah. penalty. Not given. Not, not uh, right, go on then. Let's bring in Graham, who's a Rangers fan. Were you at the game last night, Graham? I was at the game last night, and I thought Rangers were really quite good. I know they had a lot of the ball, and they, but our big keepers know how anything they did, and we were a wee bit unlucky with, with the gold. But Kenny. See the point I was trying to make? 
two, three goals we have lost this year. He's playing well all round, but big John Souter, mate. That's three goals we've conceded, and three of them were kind of errors for him. Kilmarnock, last week against Lazerne, caught under the ball. Yesterday, caught under the ball again. I know he's over all round games, okay, but I think it should maybe have a look at that for an hour centre half. Listen, I think Rangers will have a look for another centre-back, Graham. Uh, whether it happens or not remains to be seen, but I think they will definitely be in the market for a, a left-sided centre-back to at least compete with John Suter. Uh, I think Conor Goldson's a fixture. I thought he was absolutely outstanding last night, uh, to be honest. So again, like you say, generally his, his game's pretty good, but like he has been maybe involved. I wouldn't say directly mm. responsible. I mean, look, the Young's a big, powerful player, you know, and he was he was in contact. He just he just got out-muscled and out. And uh, by the way, an element of luck to the goal as well yep. it went off the shoulder or the back and into the corner but I, know, I understand what you're saying Graham but again to, to enforce that point I think Rangers will be in the market for a another centre back for at least cover if not a starting partner for Conor Goldson I think fair play to Graham because he's sort of pointing out that, that difference between kind of general all round play where I think John Souter most people feel has been good and, and yet but you know Graham's pointing out a couple of incidents which um, are obviously big moments and it's funny because we'll maybe get to up the other end there's been a lot of criticism over serial dessers, like generally all round. Like if you're watching, if you're just using your eyes, are you seeing much? But then you say, well, hold on a minute. He's now racking up goals and assists. Is, yeah. is, is John Souter the, is this like the defensive equivalent of that? Yeah, it's difficult. And as Kenny said with the goal yesterday, at least he was, you know, attempting to get contact. So he's trying to do the right things. And listen, it, it is a lucky goal in the end. But no, I do understand what Graham's saying because again, yes, his all round play has, has been fine. But as a centre half at times, you know, goals are going to go in and around you. I, I don't think that he needs to come out of the team. I think he's a good player. Definitely, I think, I agree, Rangers will look for a left-sided centre-half to put maybe a bit of competition, you know, down that side. But I wouldn't look at John, uh, sorry, Suter and say, you know, he needs to come out of the team. He, he seems to be struggling. It just, you know, it's a bit of luck sometimes, Graham. I know the ball bounces off him, you know, on another goal as well, on a, on a long throw. But, you know, I wouldn't say he's having a bad game at all. And I don't think it'd be a massive worry for Bill. Right, big picture then, Graham. What, how, how, how are you fixed here? What, I mean, you happy with that result last night? You, you know, you mentioned... I think possession stats are right. It was about 70-30 in PSV's favour. As you quite rightly point out, it's about what you do with it and, and maybe they didn't have loads of shots on Jack Butland's target. How, how do you feel overall? Before the game, I took a 2-2. But you're disappointed now because of that second goal. But I think the Rangers are progressing quite well. I think You can see they're getting better. I mean, even Dessers, I know he's never done great game. But the ball through for and then he made the goal on Saturday for Daniel. Some of his passing was OK. It's just, I don't know if he's unfit or no, but I think we're progressing. I think we're getting there. Maybe take another couple of weeks before you see the best of him. I think it's a, a really fair assessment, Graham, to be honest. Uh, I mean, the one thing I would say about last night's game is you're not going to be... I think Rangers are a good team. You know, they've got good players. They are well-coached and well-organised. So you would expect them to be able to stand up to a, a real test, which they did last night. It's the other side, which I think has been a lot of fans have been frustrated how why they've not been able to break teams down mm. uh, with, with more ease. Uh, again, you think of Morton at two one. I mean, again, for me, it probably should have been four or five, uh, and it was the same. Uh, obviously, Kamarnik and opening day of the season, they just, just struggled to have any create any real chances or, or break Kamarnik down. Same with Servet as well when it was down to ten men. You know, so there was you could understand that last night was a completely different game. This was a PSV team, a top top PSV team who came and imposed their game onto onto Rangers. They had, let's like say, seventy percent of the ball. The good thing about it was, Graham, as you're right, the Jack Butland had a few saves to make from shots for distance. 
that their best chance created was the first goal. It was wonderful play uh, initially for the centre back, and then the over for Saibari was the vision and the awareness to know where his teammate was 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 outstanding, and then a good finish. But apart from that, they never really cut Rangers open too much. There wasn't really too many clear cut chances. If anything, Rangers had the better chances. So I I, I think it is finely poised. Uh, it's, it's two good teams, Rangers can definitely score across the nine twelve, and there's no doubt about it. They've got good firepower, and I think Dessers again. These players need time, but I think that's two goals and maybe three or four mm -hmm. assists that he's got in his first five or six games. So, like you say, numbers are good. You know, it's just for what you're seeing in the, the, the performances of maybe not being as good as what people would hope. But I did see improvements last night as well. Kasim is the good example, like you mentioned. I, I, I was doing what everybody else does. I'm scrolling through Twitter as the game goes on. There was not a Rangers fan anywhere on this planet who wasn't suggesting that he maybe should come off at halftime. And then he goes and produces that and well, what a finish it was. Well, you know what? I was one of them as well. Not on Twitter because I'm not on Twitter. But what I was thinking, he was having a tough night. I felt he needed to come off for him. Mm -hmm. You know, because the fans were mm -hmm. getting so much on him. And like I've said many a time, it can be a really unforgiving place when things are maybe not going as well as what these 47,500 Rangers fans were there last night. Are, like, they're not getting it the way they want it so I felt it might have been right to actually who come off for the sake but then up, up his steps and puts one Great in the top finish, corner it? Uh, listen it was an incredible finish you know it fell nicely for him so there wasn't too much thinking to go on I think similar to the second goal with Matondo the, the ball broke perfectly for Seema and he's just right in mm. front of him and he guides into the top it's not an easy finish because you can you can easily get that one wrong but he, he caught it absolutely perfectly how right satisfied should Rangers be then Marvin this is kind of what I meant at the start when I said it had everything I didn't mean the game but almost like that roller coaster. as Graham says they would have taken 2-2 at um, before the game but yet there was a lot of negativity about the first half PSV had all the ball and yet Rangers could have been the ones that that won it, you know, in, in the end, as Aston Villa go 2 0 up. Did you see Marvin Bartley's face? <laughs> no, I, I'm listening to your question. I, I'm telling you, I think Hibbs had been doing oh. all right as well, and that just shows you 2 0 and it's Ollie Watkins again. Um, yeah, so Rangers, in the end, maybe were the team that felt they could have nicked it. Yeah, but I think there is a, a lot of positive things to come out of that game. I think Rangers showed a different side to themselves because I think if you look at the rest of the games that they've played domestically, especially, they've dominated the ball. Yesterday, they had to be comfortable without having the ball. And as Kenny said, Rangers had the best chances within that. So possession stats, you know, they can, they can be put out there and people say 70% PSV, 30% Rangers. But I think they were comfortable within that. They had a good structure. As Kenny said, they were well set up and they still managed to score two goals as well. In terms of kind of Seema and, and the goal that he got, it's a sign of a, of a good player and a big player who believes in themselves because as Kenny said, it's easy to go the other way. When that pressure's on you and the fans are on you, it's easy to sky that one or not take the shot on. But that's that's where you sign players, you know. I know he's came in on loan from Brighton. That's why Michael Beals brought him into the football club. But I think there's a lot of positives to take from that game. I think you take the 2-2 definitely. They're taking it before mm. the game. And again, they try and build on that now in, in, in the away leg next week. And again, it's going to be one of those games they're not going to have a lot of the ball. But when they do have the ball, that's what's important. Michael Beal will be saying to his players, listen, you showed me a different side today and I'm proud of you for that. Next week, can we go out there, win the game? By, we're going to have to play the same way. But when we do press, press together, turn it over and you know, try and make opportunities. I mean, Graham, sometimes we scramble around for an example that's loosely relevant. Rangers were in this exact same situation last season against the same opponent. Can, can it be done? How confident are you that Rangers can, can do this next week? Quite confident, mate. We've played them four times in Europe, but I've never beat us. We were the first time to beat them in their own ground and I've never beat us in a European team. So we'll march on next time next week, I think. There we go. And in Eindhoven, 
super scoreboard tonight they're saying ah records are there to be broken or whatever the Dutch for that is <laughs> I must admit uh, it's Ollie Watkins again Marvin and I don't know if uh, did they use the expression ragdolled in the, the Netherlands football speak but what Ollie Watkins has just done to Josh Campbell at the back post is not pretty. No, I've deleted it from my mind already, Gordon. <laughs> I just know that it's 2-0 after 35 minutes. And I think it's going to be a long old evening now for, for Hibs. That was the fear, you know, conceding an early mm. goal, but being 2-0 down already is going to be it's going to be tough to and get back Hibs into have, this. Hibs have been fairly brave, haven't they? It's not like they've just totally sat and they've given it a goal. We said they've got into good good positions and then it's two goals from crosses. Well, well that's the problem. Like, you, you can be, I was saying, being set up and, you know, Showing them into the right areas, etc. But when that cross comes in there, and listen, Lee Johnson would have known crosses were going to come in the box, hence he's got three centre halves. I know it was Josh Campbell that mm -hmm. was caught out at the back post, but they're the goals that you don't want to concede. You know, from set plays or crosses, they're the two things where you should be concentrated. If someone plays through you or scores from 25 yards or it's a fantastic play and they cut you open, you accept that. But the two goals they've conceded today are have not been great at all and Villa haven't had to do that much to score which is a worry Thank you to Graham Stephen is a Rangers fan safe to say he has spotted some room for improvement ahead of next week and you can hear it next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Listen and watch Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One, Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Marvin Bartley are here. And the good news for these two former Hibs players, I was going to say, is that Hibs have not conceded again, and yet they have. Can we get that camera zoomed in on Marvin Bartley, oh, please? Stop talking. Anytime you talk, they score. Hey. And it's another cross as well. Yeah. Marv. This Me one was well carved up right enough. It was, oh. well, it was well created this time and stood up at the back post. I uh, reckon there's eight Hibs players in that box, though, when that cross comes in. And I've never seen Bailey score a header. It was weird about this, right? The score line is kind of what people said it would be and what people feared it would be. But the way the goals are coming about is just... That is unacceptable. He runs off... It's basic, isn't it? It's like he runs off a beater there. He switches off and then all of a sudden, look, He's at the back post by himself. There and might be a wee offside shout just on uh, Dina. He's I agree. looking along the right. Yeah, look, I agree. It looked tight. It he's off. Look tight. Kenny's right. Kenny, he's <laughs> off, mate. I, I agree with you. I'm not confident, man. Con right on the line. Do, um, do the Scottish coefficient yeah, a ton yeah. and yeah. Uh, see what we can come up with here. Um, I think he agrees. Johnson agrees with Kenny. He's waiting for the call. Is that what you... Oh, no, it's done. Play on. 3-0 <laughs> to Aston Villa. It's not half time. Yep. Let's get the next caller on. Mm, yeah, Stephen's a Rangers fan in Coatbridge. What did you make of last night, Stephen? Yeah, how you doing, guys? Hope you're all well. Thank you. Uh, just regarding the game last night, it was about kind of Tavernier's positioning and the way he was played and the amount of space he was given the left winger. I think over this, this season, just the games alone, that he's not kicked a ball all game, any of the games this season at all. I think last night was a shocker from him, the amount of space the left winger. Stevie Wonder could have saw the space the left winger had. It was the amount of space he's given away constantly and it's been every game this season. He's getting cut wide open every time. There's no positioning from him at all. He's just lagging back there all the time. I know he gets goals for us. I know he, he tries, but he's not been at the races this season at all. And last night was just wild from him. I thought it was... It's probably his worst game in a long, long time last night. The positioning was awful. I just wanted to know what you thought about that. You know, again, I'm, I'm going to... Disagree to an extent, Stephen. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, and it's it's been a, it's, 
it's been th- these types of things have been thrown at, at, at Tav since he's since he's came to the club. I thought they defended pretty well last night as a unit. Uh, it was against probably one of their best players, if not the best player that he had, and I thought they kept lying pretty quiet. To be honest with you, across the across the course of the game, I thought the left back Des, the guy that came in, he was maybe more of a threat going forward. I didn't think Lang had a good night at all. And any time they did get into that space that you're talking about, which sometimes, not all the time, by the way, because he does get caught out of position. It's not always because he's asked to go and be the offensive outlet on that right flank. His big mate Conor Goldson was there to cover him, and that's his mm-hmm. job. You know, so I get it. it. Sometimes it looks there is too much space to exploit, but when you're asked to play a certain a certain role for the team, and it needs to be that attacking outlet, the way Michael plays his fullbacks and Andy, how he also plays his wingers, that it needs to give that uh, outlet. What I would say on it is, I actually don't think he's actually been as effective going forward this season. So he's maybe in, in between that kind of the defensive position and the offensive position at the moment because I like seeing him up there because he gives so much again he's, he's part of the reason Rangers are in the tie because he scores the equaliser against Servette last week so it's uh, I, I absolutely get what you're saying Stephen but there's a as a defence unit there's partnerships within it and I felt last night his big mate Goldson mm-hmm. maybe if you want to call it like what Stephen might maybe dug him at a couple of holes because he was getting across and covering the runners that were going in behind him but again I think he's asked to do a certain a particular set of jobs for the team and sometimes that leads him to maybe being caught out of position I, I do think Stephen will have company on that again I noticed quite a lot of Rangers fans last night finding lots of positives of course but suggesting that if there was one area they think they'll need to brush up on it was it was both fullback areas. Well, see if it's only one area, then they'll be they'll be mm, they'll absolutely delighted. Then, all right, two, two areas. Then. Yeah, but it's, like Kenny said, it's the way the fullbacks are asked to play, especially you know when when Rangers are attacking, they're asked to to be the players that give the whip. So anyone who plays against Rangers, you know, on the counter, you're saying, can we exploit these holes? And that's why Goldson has to be switched on to cover Tavernier. That's why at times it looked like he is out of position because when Rangers are attacking, he has a job to go wide. I think under Geo, he was slightly narrower. It was almost like a in a kind of number six position higher up the pitch, or say a number eight position. So it was a lot harder to counterattack them. But Bill wants him a lot wider. So the flip side of that is when teams turn the ball over, he's going to always be chasing back, and he's going to need Golson to cover him. Listen, Tavern is one of those that you know he's kind of like Marmite, isn't he, in, in terms of how people view him and how people see him. But I think, like Kenny's saying there, it is the role that he has to play within the team. So. He's not always going to be in a perfect defensive position. You know, he's not going to be because he's trying to help with the attacks. He's trying to, you know, stay wide. But again, Goldson has to be switched on to that. And, and by it, it's not to say he's not in position at all, Stephen, because yes, because I felt the the chance where Servet went right through the middle and, Bat- and Butland had to make that big save, Tav should have been round. Mm-hmm. He should have been round and he should have been closer to Goldson and that space shouldn't have been there to exploit. So I'm not saying he's, he's in the right positions every time or his role in the team gives them an excuse to, to be in that. It, it's yeah. not yeah. at all because you're right Rangers have lost a lot of goals over the time through that type of area in that area of the pitch but I think that the positives of James Tavernier way out, outweigh the negatives uh, of that and this, this, is, this is a common theme that's been running for years and years with, uh, with Tav yeah. and I just don't I just don't buy into it as much as the again mm. sometimes the obvious spaces to exploit are there that everybody can see what do you think Stephen? I agree with you to an extent. I get Goldson and Suter. I thought Goldson and Suter were, were good last night. I thought they were decent. I think you're asking Goldson to do too much. He's leaving. Is it, the, the players coming through as well? And you're leaving Goldson. Where's it to go? Is it to come back? Is it to go for the left winger? It's leaving that wide open every time. I don't. I, I thought I get what you're saying. Tav's been brilliant for the club. He's done excellent. I don't think he's kicked a ball this season at all. I think he's been. He's been poor this season and, and what he's done has been phenomenal for the club. He scores goals, he's high up the park, he does put the, the, the very good balls in and he does play 
he, he has some fantastic games, but he's not kicked a ball this season. And I think it is giving Goldson and Suter a lot of work to do. But I just think well, last state is just a shocker from him. I just I couldn't get it at all. I'm screaming, screaming at him, but it's just I agree with what you're saying to an extent. But I think Stephen, do you think it's the level that you were playing at yesterday? Why it was seemed so exposed? Do you think you know, about being disrespectful domestically? Do you think it's not? You know, it's easy to see it because you know Rangers do dominate the ball. Do you do you feel because of yesterday you only had thirty percent of the ball? That's why it was more exposed. No, I think it's happened all. I think it's happened all season. Yeah. I, I, you see that you see that area all the time. You see them coming through there. Uh, teams have exploited that this season. You've seen it this season. They've exploited that area and put the ball into that area. And he's, he's nowhere near it. He's, he's nowhere near the the player getting through in the left wing. Any time this season, he hasn't been near it. Uh, and uh, I know it's not like him, but I just think he said that he said a poor start to this season. Mm. What, what did please you last night, Stephen? I thought Cantwell had a good sixty minutes. I thought he was a bit unlucky uh, in the second half, not to be saying off because his slide tackle was a bit wild. Maybe in another day would they get a second jail for that? Um, I thought Suter and Goldson and Butland they were they kind of held it together together at back. Dessers had a few few points. He was he was decent. I thought it was very quiet from Raskin last night. Um, Aye, there was there was a few things. The scoreline was excellent. It's, do you know what I mean? I expected, I did, and I'm not going to lie. I expected PSV to come over here and do a job on us. But we got the goals. We got, we got very good goals. Matondo looked very good when he came on. So there there is positives to take, and I would like to see Matondo start against him next week. It was just he's he's looked very well when he's come on this season. He's He's playing me a bit of confidence there, and maybe that's what the guys needed. So you, n- you never know. Stranger things have happened. And be honest, were you suggesting that Sima might be better off being substituted at half time before he smashed in that wonder goal? One hundred percent. I thought you might. Marvin is cheering because it's half time. Yeah, yeah, that means that relief. Score. Villa can't score yep. for the next fifteen Regroup. minutes. Um, a few t- a few points to run through. Then the Stephen, in terms of positives, felt that. Todd Cantwell was one of them. Stephen felt he, he maybe was fortunate not to be sent off. Are you agreeing or disagreeing with some of that assessment? I would probably agree, yep. Uh, probably gets himself involved in too many of these silly situations that he doesn't need to get involved in. We got a lot of bookings last season as well when he had first came in. But his performances, again, uh, have carried on for last mm-hmm. season. He was, he was excellent. And then it was a different type of game, like Marvin mm-hmm. says, where Rangers were had to be probably a lot more dogged and determined to defend a lot more than what they normally need to do domestically. But he's he's a player as much as a really, really talented footballer. He does put mm. his shift in as well. Yeah, you impressed with him? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we spoke about him when he when he was coming up and obviously, you know, seeing him play at Norwich and, and at Bournemouth as well. Um, his ability, you could never question it. You know, it was kind of his hunger and his appetite for it. And you always felt coming to Rangers, the size of the club and him going out of Ibrox, that was going to reignite absolutely everything for him. And I think he's shown that. Um, I do think he was lucky yesterday not to get a second booking. Um, but, you know, in terms of his performance and, and what he offered, and as Kenny said, not only Rangers as a, as a team showed a different side he did yesterday as well. And his work rate off the ball and then his quality on it was, I think, was there for all to see. Thank you very much to Stephen. Plenty more to come in terms of reaction to last night's game at Ibrox. It's just a bit of a weird schedule. We've not had many 5.45 kickoffs to contend with. It was billed as the, the glamour tie. Some people call it a battle of Britain. Uh, it's been a tough 45 minutes for Hibbs. Andrew McLean is there. 
Yeah, Hibs nil, Aston Villa 3, the half-time score. The Premier League side with a commanding lead at the break after two headers from Ollie Watkins and another from Leon Bailey. I was actually relatively impressed with Hibs' shape and discipline in the opening 15 minutes. They kept Villa's top players quiet. They limited their chances, but it really started to turn around 16 minutes in. Eli Yuan was running back towards his own corner for some reason, tried to pay a blind pass towards his own box. That allowed Villa to work it into a shooting area. David Marshall then saved from a deflected Moussa Diaby strike, but I think that then let the visitors get their tails up and after that they really showed how dangerous they can be. Luca Digne with a cross from the left onto the head of Ollie Watkins and he did really well to steal that header into the bottom corner for 1-0. He should have got a second as well moments later. Another headed chance. This time it was a John McGinn cross from the left. He was free. Somehow headed that one over. Hibs did get into some good attacking areas using their pace at the top end but as Marvin said you know, they're just getting a bit too excited at times, making runs too early, not picking the right pass either. And then 33 minutes in, Hibbs frustratingly undone from a corner. It was Douglas Louise with an in-swinger. It was flicked onto the back post, and there was Ollie Watkins, who headed in for 2-0. And that really was their downfall in the whole of the first half, just not defending their box from crosses. And once again, 42 minutes in, Luca Dean gets to the byline. He hangs it up at the back post, and there's Leon Bailey this time, almost unopposed. And he got it in there to head past David Marshall for 3-0. Watkins all almost got his hat-trick right before the break as well, but dragged a shot wide uh, after running onto a ball over the top. It's been a strange game because Hibs haven't been torn apart over and over again, but it's just been poor defending at key moments for them so far in this game. The half-time score at Easter Road is Hibs nil, Aston Villa 3. Marvin, you're a big Hibs man. How are you feeling? Um, I'm happy it's half-time. You know, that, that's the one positive from, from what we've just seen there. Um, I just think the goals have, have been avoidable. I think that'd be the most frustrating thing for them. And, and Lee Johnson, I said it earlier in the show, if you get cut open by, you know, good play, etc., or a fantastic hit from, you know, a distance, then you accept that. But I just think those goals are, are avoidable. I think they set up with three at the back because they're expecting balls coming in the box. I think, you know, Abita will be disappointed with himself because he's naturally a left back. I know he's towards the second, you know, end of, sorry, the end of that first half, they changed kind of their shape and he seemed to be higher up. But he has to be in a defensive position in order to, you know, stop Bailey getting that free header at the back post. My worry is that Hibs have had a lack of ball in that last 25 minutes, so they're going to begin to tire in the second half. And when that happens, if Villa freshen it up or those, their players take it up a notch, this could be this could be four or five very, very uh, easily. It's a strange one, as Andrew says, Ken. It's three headers, and in, in, a, in a weird, there, there could easily have been a, a first half that plays out where Hibs get ripped apart over and over again, and it. But the scoreline isn't as severe as this, if that makes any sense. No, it does make sense. But what I would say is, like, the goals have been disappointing, right? But Aston Villa are playing through them. You know, they're playing through them. They're getting, they're, they're breaking that midfield line a lot. There's been a lot of blocks and shots for around about 18, 16 yards that have had to be defended well, which they have done and they've put their body on the line. But like I say, the goals are, are really, really disappointing. But take that first one, we're just watching it back at the moment and it's... It's, a, it's, it's one versus three or four in the box and it is, as much as the ball's right on the money and as a clever little kind of half-steppy movement for Watkins and a really good header, it'll be really disappointing between Fish and Hanlon that they've not been able to deal with that. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a long night. I, I anticipated this type mm. of game against this level of opposition because it's uh, it's, a, it's not just one step up, it's, it's a right few steps up when you're playing a team at this level. And, and now what do you do, Marvin? Because it's it's been quite brave in a sense from Hibs you know they've, they've not set up super defensive they've not parked the bus and in a weird way that's also not necessarily why they've conceded but they're three goals down so, so you know what, what do you do now we, we fall into this trap don't we of thinking there's a switch that you can flick where you say that's ah, alright lads let's just go back to the wall and we won't concede again but they could easily concede goals like that by 
you know, setting backs to the wall as well. Yeah, well, that, well, that's the problem, Gordon. I don't think that they have the players in order to sit, you know, backs to the wall because, as, as Kenny said there, they've got, you know, four players v one Aston Villa attacker and he gets his head on the yeah. ball, not that he scores. So what more can you do defensively in terms of numbers? So I think you're better off just maybe even trying to press a little bit higher and trying to go wow. after them. Listen, Kenny said that they're playing through them anyway. At this moment in time, Aston Villa are probably playing five or six out of ten. They're not having to do too much to, to be winning 3-0. You might as well try and give them a problem going the other way um, and try and get Ball and Johan on the ball a little bit more and, and try and be more aggressive mm. with what you're doing. OK, 01419511025. It's a good time to call, get your reactions into last night's game at Ibrooks or anything else that you've got for us. And whilst you do, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Yes, Kerry from Blantyre was at work when she got the call earlier. Just got engaged recently. We're trying to plan a wedding. My partner, Kieran, he's working away to save up for the wedding, so hopefully he can come over a bit sooner now. Uh, definitely. Get yourself back, Kieran. There's 28 grand towards the wedding. I mean, I have seen some wedding prices these days, so that <laughs> might cover half of it. No, I'm sure it will be a great occasion. Well done to them, and it's your chance to win 29,000 tomorrow when we make the next call to enter now. Text yes to 61025. That's yes to 61025. If you get the call from us after 3 pm, Thursday, the 24th of August, answer within five rings. Make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Obviously, the texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entries £2 or you can call 0330 The calls are charged at a standard rate and it is over 18s only. All the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. It's good luck from us. Reminder to text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £29,000. 0141 This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller are here, and the good news is Marvin Hibbs have not conceded again because it's still half time. Well, that's been the best 12 minutes, the last 12 minutes for Hibbs. Been fantastic, mate, with the warm up and stuff. But no, it's a big second half for them, isn't it? We've been speaking kind of. You know, with the cameras off during the during the break, uh, it's a massive, massive second half for them. Hopefully, Villa, you know, take their foot off the pedal and start to save some energy for the weekend. But the fear is, if Villa start bringing the subs on and they want to make an impact, it could be a long forty-five, Gordon. We'll keep you up to speed on anything that's happening. Of course, Ibrox last night there was lots happening there. It was a breathless game, and let's hear a bit from Michael Buell before we bring in our next caller. He's been giving his thoughts on the draw, which leaves the tie poised before that return leg in Eindhoven. The tyres evenly, evenly set. I don't think that them and their coach are, are travelling back home thinking this is a job done. They all know how hard physically that game was. Listen, it's finely tuned. It's the only time we've had to defend. It's the only time. Tonight was a different type of game. There were spells in the game where we really had to defend. We had less possession and it gives you different things and different qualities to show. So it was, a, it was the best performance in a certain way. We've played every three days and every three days the team gets judged with nine new players coming in. So yeah, I would like a little bit more time, but I get everyone wants it now. I'm at the front of that queue. No one's more frustrated than me, but sometimes I've got to be positive about it. Tonight was a step in the right direction. Paul was at the game, I believe, last night. Overall, are you feeling positive about it, Paul? Aye, thanks for having me on. Hey, guys, aye, um, good at it. was great atmosphere. Um, but I'd, obviously, like many other Rangers fans, I suppose, you no, know, PSV are a different different animal this year. Um, 
a quite a rate there manager as well. You know, he's got experience with Bayer Leverkusen and everything else, and he's got Champions League experience. So I thought it'd be a tough game, but uh, but honest with you, I think Rangers held their own. I think I think uh, you know maybe give you a bit more ammunition for your other callers to win, but I think PSV are a better team than Celtic to be honest. And if we got two two with them, I think that weren't too bad. Disappointed with the goals we lost to be honest, you know, but we restricted them. But Jack Butland was excellent. We coming out for corner kicks and, and things like that um, whereas McGregor maybe last year would have been punching him out um, so I think he commanded the box really well just disappointed with the defending and that was my main point just to say I think one of the other calls I've mentioned it as well but you know, where I was standing in the Brimland um, the amount of space at Tavernier and Barisic for you know, it was like schoolboy stuff I mean the guy was unmarked the way at the other end and I'm just thinking maybe it's a formation with a diamond shape or whatever but they're giving a hell of a lot the, the, the midfielders to do and one wee mistake from them and then you, you get crucified for it so middle to front I think we're excellent um, and I think once like hopefully Seema will get a bit of confidence with that Matondo will get confidence with it as well um, so that's great moving forward but definitely shape of the back worries me so I had a wee solution whether it works or not see what Kenny and that think but um, I don't think we will do it right enough but uh, I'd put Tav in here further up and I'd put Sterling right back because I think he's a better defender and I'll be honest with you I'd drop Barisic um, if Yilmaz was there I'd have Yilmaz in, but the way I'm thinking is put Balogun down there I've got more faith in Balogun defending um, than I do Barisic to be honest I know it takes a wee bit of the wingers out of the equation but you're getting Tavernier in a better position he prefers being up the pitch and at least you've got protection at the back with, with Sterling in the interest of speed, Paul, I'm going. I'm just going to kill it. I'm going to knock it in the head because I know that Kenny Miller is not having anybody moving James Tavernier up the pitch. We always get it suggested he's a right back. He sees the pitch in front of him. That's what you're going to say, isn't it? That's exactly yes. what I'm going Good. to say. Right, Gordon, cool. Yeah. Um, because Paul made a lot of, of points that I know you will want to engage with. Um, is Jack Butland very quickly becoming a a real favourite amongst the the new signings? When the signings were made. He was the one, I think, even as a name, like he's far more recognised than 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 most uh, that have been signed. But I knew he would be a hit. You know, Rangers needed a goalkeeper of that stature and what he's done in the game already to come and replace Alan McGregor. And it's he's been great, really, really assured right for the right for the off. Like Michael says in his in his uh, press there, Rangers don't get asked too many questions defensively. They don't get asked to defend, and the, the goalkeeper is kind of. Probably more of a spectator for for a lot for long spells of games. Last night, or or even in other games, anytime he's been asked to do something, he's done it very very well, and that's the sign of a top goalkeeper. So uh, yeah, I think there's going to no be there's not going to be any fans over the course of this season yep. phoning up and complaining about that sign. Is that the key? You know, you want maybe at some point for your keeper to pull off this absolute world class eye catching save, and Alan McGregor did it in, in European nights. But actually, if you can also find someone that that just there's no drama there and he's kind of doing everything right or you know and, and is steady and is is that is that what we're seeing with Jack Button? Yeah I prefer the latter of what you just said there Gordon you know a goalkeeper that goes about his business knowing that you know he needs to keep the ball out of the back of the net so he doesn't pull off the camera saves for you he does things to, to the best of his ability and as simply as he possibly can um, with Button listen he's a, as a goalkeeper coming through when he was younger you know he spoke about so highly people talking about him going to be England's number one so the pedigree's there with him I think what you're seeing now, he can pull off big saves. He's got that calm and influence as well because he will come and, you know, come for crosses and come and catch it and take the pressure right off the defenders. There's nothing better as a defensive player. When you look behind you and you've got a goalkeeper you can rely on, you know, he's going to come and he's going to help you when you need him to help. So 
as Kenny said there, I don't think you'll have a single Rangers fan mm. calling up and complaining about him because I think he's always going to be a you know seven, eight, nine out of ten um, across the course of the season. Where are you on the attacking options, Paul? You, you could almost sense the frustration in Michael Beale's voice there. He's wanting a bit of time, and it is. It's, it's so up and down, isn't it? You, you look at the weekend. Matondo was one of the, the better players, so he's called into the squad, but he's left on the bench to start with. We mentioned earlier, Seema's getting slaughtered, and then he scores. Uh, Dessers for oh, it was 4-0 Aston Villa it's a hat-trick for Ollie Watkins I'm going goal. to say it again though he could be offside <laughs> I agree he could be I just I always agree with you again. <laughs> um, you know Paul a lot of people are criticising Dessers all round but then his actual goal contributions are looking pretty good at the moment Danilo wasn't given the nod to start so there is a lot going on there we, we, how do you feel about the attacking options? Um, I, well, we were going to say to coaches, but I go and see that Aston Villa game there because their office probably goes in. But uh, <laughs> the flag uh, is up. I think it's three. Frustrating sometimes because um, they get themselves in good positions. I think it's just confidence. To be honest, I think Matondo has been outstanding. I have to say, the last couple of games, just the speed and whatnot. So some's obviously got his confidence up. Dessers, Dessers to me, just seems I don't care anything. And, and Marvin, but. Just seems clumsy at times. You no, know, he gets the ball and then he, he gets it stuck and things like that. So that's frustrating. But uh, I'm hoping the likes to see man that build a bit of confidence and um, you know that, that it starts to come together. And I think it will. You know, and a big thing, this league cup, I think that plays a massive role in it because that, that tends to be a cup where if you get that, you've got a new team together, you win that, the team just gets uh, the lift that they need to then push forward. And I'm hoping. So that comes up before Christmas, so that that hopefully um, put it in as well. But Dessers is still going up to speed as far as I'm aware, um, for what I heard. But um, I think we just need to sort out the back. That's that's what I'm worried. And just one wee point for Kenny. I know he won't like me saying it, but Kenny, Tavier can't defend. <laughs> he can't defend. It's good going forward. But I'll, I'll argue with a lot of Rangers fans for that, but the guy cannot defend. That's what I'm saying, but I'll, I'll respectfully disagree, Paul. Okay. And even that, that, that still doesn't necessarily mean that the solution is to then just play yep. him in a different place in the pitch. Anyway, that goal stands. Uh, it is Hibs in the last in Villa 4. Lee Johnson was just like, right, lads, go out, keep it tight for the first five minutes. If this was football manager, you just turn the laptop off. Reset. Start again. Right, on... Where, where are you on... There's a, there's a few to get through the attack. And pick one. Dessers right, like is a good example. Cause I think Dessers was it was a better game for him. I absolutely agree with Paul in terms of... Like clumsy might, might not be the right word. The way I would say it is, when the ball's going in, it needs to tidy it up. You know, there, there is too many misplaced layoffs. There's too many... Even one last night, and it was early, he goes to lay off, and he actually trapped it underneath his foot. And then he, he managed to pop it off his second touch. And I'm watching, and I can see exactly what he's done. Uh, and it looked actually okay. But he just needs to tidy wee things up. You know... Michael was saying after he's starting to look sharper. Like, I think that's what it is. He needs to and get sharper. The contributions are to, there, but exactly because he's got no. goals. He's had a big hand in in, in the in the well, two assists actually last night. Firstly with the press, then with the cutback, and the pass for the second goal. Like that's not a player that's low in confidence because that's not an easy pass. It's a lot of space to hit, isn't it? But to get the weight mm. of the pass to, to so your teammate, all he needs to do is stride on it and hit it first time into the back of the goal. It was a wonderful pass. I actually thought Cantwell should have went to Matondo first because Matondo's rapid and he could have just gave him half a pitch to run in and go through one on one but you know what it turned out to be the right option because had he played Matondo mm. it might have meant he would have needed to do something and might have had more to think about here's the thing though I saw everyone raving about this pass right until someone brought to my attention you know what's coming here huh? 
It wasn't quite as good as the exact same one you hit for Chris Boyd at well, Rugby Park it? in it 2008. Was <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this video, Marvin? No. It is the. You'll need to send me that because I've actually because when I seen it, I it's thought exact, it, exact same, but I think but his deeper. Might, I think his deeper. Might be it's taken more guys out of the game, and there's a wee bit more feel to it as well. But by the way, into it, Boyd. But the finish, by the way, to see the finish, left must have been a perfect pass if he's got onto the end of it, Kenny. Well, you know what? It was a good race. I can't remember who the centre back was, but no, I get it. I remember. You need to send me that one, Gordon. We're looking for that one. Thank you very much to Paul. It takes us up to this time of the night. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. There is a crisis, a full blown crisis at Easter Road, but also in this studio because we are hemorrhaging signed balls. It is getting out of control. The thir- the the Thursday duo, I think it is, of Wilson and DL. They're, they're, I don't think we've had a single winner from the pundits on a Thursday. This, the box of signed balls is, is overflowing That's how bad the pundits have been this season So it's a good time to take advantage 01419511025 You must call before 7 And your chance to beat the pundit is next Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller are here at so 01419511025 or it's Twitter at Clyde SSB. The two former Hibs men are tearing their hair out. They don't have much between oh. them. To begin with, it's still only four. Uh, there's sort of pre-season vibes to this because um, Aston Villa subbed their goalie at halftime. Yeah. I mean, they put another one on. <laughs> that, didn't mean they liked. that made it sound as if they were just going to chance it. Um, maybe he was injured. Maybe it's just one of, you know, maybe they felt they could afford to and they can let's be honest an hour gone it's 4-0 Villa it certainly could get worse yeah well I, th- I think Villa have kind of just taken the tempo right out of the game like you said there they they come alive a little bit when they're attacking um, but I think his will just be happy with listen Villa keep it along the back if you want and, and let's go over 4-0 and you know and please play the youth team next week <laughs> yep exactly it's an easy game for Hibs at the weekend as well Livingston oh man banana skin it's not great, is it? That is not good. Uh, I mean, again, every time I look well, I do up that famous, team, that now infamous thing, look at you and say, you think the tie's over? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is over, yes. Because this, this will not finish at four, I don't think. Every time you look up, Aston Villa are bombing down their left flank and they've got, I mean, you're talking about Tavernier space and like there's something going on here. There's there's a half a pitch for, uh, for the Aston Villa players to run into on this left side. Uh, it's, it's headers again, weirdly. It's headers I every think Villa have got 14 players on the pitch. We need to count them, Kenny. Something's not right here. Anyway, <laughs> we'll keep you updated in this really inspiring and optimistic fashion very soon. Keep your thoughts coming on Ibrooks last night. We've done lots of that. And anything else that's out there, Celtic fans, a lot of talk about Rio Hatati's contractual situation today. Give us a call and we'll do this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. The standard of beat the pundit from the pundits has been woeful this season. I must admit, it's been it's been poor. It really has. Uh, anyway, let's play tonight with Darren, who's impossible. How's it going, Darren? Yeah, no bad guys. How's it going? Is okay? Yeah, all good. You ever played before? Yeah, I played once before and I've actually bet Kenny Moore before. No, you did not, Darren. <laughs> that is a lie. You'll yeah, be one of the few. I think one of the th- two, actually. You don't lose often, but you you have your moments. That's interesting. All right, let's Listen, see. Listen, I was in the season game last year when I switched off. I that must have been what it was. Honestly. I was on holiday the next day and honestly. I completely switched off. The heads, it will be the rematch. Tails, it will be Marvin Bartley. You never know what you're going to get. A zero one week. He bounced back last week. I want to know who Darren wants to play. Darren? 
Yeah, I'll take Kenny again. For yes, that. Darren. Oh, yeah, I like that. Fighting top. Oh. my coin. Look at that. Well, that's a David Marshall. What, what are my tails? Uh, you are Tilsha. It's heads. Good luck, lads. Uh, right, let's give Kenny some greatest hits radio to listen to. Uh, we'll do 30 seconds on the clock. Darren, just answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, all right? Yep, no worries. Right, let's go. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. What player would Aston Villa supporters refer to as the Scottish Cafu? Um, pass. Who's got more Scotland goals, John McGinn or Kenny Miller? John McGinn. What Scottish team is known as the Gable Enders? Pass. In what month does this season's Scottish Cup final take place? Pass. Who was the last non-old firm team to win the Scottish Cup? Pass. Moussa Dembele left Celtic for which club? Uh, pass. How many teams are in League 2? 10. And Neil Banfield is the assistant manager of which club? Pass. Okay, lots of passing in there. Let's bring back Kenny Miller. Kenny, can you hear us? I sure can. Same set of questions to you. Are you ready? Yep. Right, 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. What player would Aston Villa supporters refer to as the Scottish Cafu? Alan Hutton. Who's got more Scotland goals? John McGinn or Kenny Miller? Kenny Miller. What Scottish team is known as the Gable Endies? Montrose. In what month does this season's Scottish Cup final take place? June. Who was the last non-old firm team to win the Scottish Cup? Hibs. Moussa Dembele left Celtic for which club? Leon. How many teams are in League 2? 10. Neil Banfield is the assistant at which club? Rangers. Darren, what happened there? Smash me, I just got dead straight, I think. Darren, I'm <laughs> going to call you... I'm going to call you... Prime Sergio Busquets. <laughs> Just so it was ticky tacky. <laughs> pass, 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 pass. I've never seen, honestly. Just wanted to get through the 10 questions. Fair play to uh, it. Was, oh, the ball retention was remarkable. <laughs> he was popping it for fun. <laughs> it was like one of those possession boxes that you guys do in the warm up. Unbelievable. Oh, Darren, incredible. Uh, it's, a, it's a ball tactic, Darren. I don't know if it's been enough for you. Uh, the Scottish Cafu, Alan Hutton. 1-0 Kenny Miller Who's got more Scotland goals John McGinn or Kenny Miller I mean he was bound to know this Darren's got it in for you He went John McGinn as well uh, But it is Kenny Miller yep. By how many? One Two I think is it? No I think it's one now Well there you go you, Listen you, you who cares One or two It doesn't matter um, There must have been a wee typo Because I thought It's not Gable Enders It's Gable Endies And I had That's I, what confused I, me Oh is it I I fixed it <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it for the second question um, We'll give Darren the benefit of the doubt Maybe that's what threw him It was Montrose 3-0 to Kenny you should have got this one right. You, tried, you, beast. you went nah. for the double bluff, didn't yep. you? But it was June last season. Yep. But it's May this yep. time, so it's still Darren passed that. Yep. I mean, Darren gets <laughs> May or June. It's usually May. Three 0 to Kenny. I the question right enough. Oh, Darren, the last Donald Firm team to win the Scottish St. Cup. St Johnson. St Johnson. None of you Rubbish. got that one right. Musa Dembele went to Leon. I think Darren passed it. Did Darren get anything right? No. <laughs> I've been there Darren You'll be back mate 10 teams in League 2 And Neil Banfield Is the assistant at Rangers It was a 6-0 For Kenny How did you beat him Last time Darren I, I, I knew it was a lie It was uh, a lie He did not do that Hold on Let's establish this Honestly Did you beat Kenny before 
Uh, I smelled down before I had to sign Bob wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because you beat Gordy L, no me. Right, what to do? Producer Chris is all across these things. Did <laughs> that? Decide to make it two one. Then if we want, we, we, <laughs> you got to send that ball back, <laughs> Darren. After that, first. we need a we need Keep details. Him off the we need details of Darren's previous victory because it is hard to believe, but he sounds like an honest man he to me. Confident. Honestly, he was passing it for fun, um, but it was a six nil. For Kenny Miller Darren I like you I like your style So talk to us Just as a, a football fan Let's resign that Beat the pundit To history um, You're a Celtic fan What's going on What are you thinking At the moment um, I just think On Sunday there Just a bit after the boil But hopefully Just dust ourselves In and go again So sort of A, a one off If you like No no bigger concerns About where things are at At the moment Nah but when you go To rugby park And that as well It's hard to play against Teams that just sit in Need to try and break them down, and there's not enough shots outside the box as well. Mm, yeah, it's been it's been quite the week, hasn't it? Um, for for Celtic and the, the aftermath of that, Kenny, because only time tells you really if it is a one off and off the boil and things will be fine, or that's a a worrying sign of a bigger picture. Well, what it is is that's one trophy gone. That's, well, it. that's so, true. So exactly. In, that's... In, in relation to being a, a Rangers player. Fan, Celtic player, Celtic fan, or any manager or coach, it's not a good thing. You know, it's a trophy gone. Yep. And what it does is, again, we've already had a Rangers fan on here tonight. They've already got Rangers lifting the trophy. You know, there's still a lot of work to be done, but what it does, it gives you a massive advantage and it also gives other teams opportunities where they'll be thinking, you know what, there's a potential cup final place up for grabs here. So there's a lot of stake. So for, for a Celtic perspective, it's no good. However you want to dress it up in a, a blips and one-offs or off the boil, it's no a good thing when you lose a, a cup game and you're out of the cup. And again, it's Brendan's first one as a Celtic mm. manager. So it's, uh, it's not good. You want to follow a bad manager, really, yeah. because Darren's right. You know, you come on at any time, phone the show any time you like and say, it's hard to play against Kilmarnock. It's hard when they're so well set up. It's hard on that pitch. It's hard when it's dry. Yep, it absolutely is. The problem for lots of Celtic fans is Ange Postacoglu made it look easy last season. And, and like you said, that is the problem. Um, you know, but for Celtic, you know, I know a lot of people have been worrying about the performance and rightly so, but it, for me, it's a one-off. You know, you look at the quality they have within that team. Are they the Celtic of last season? Listen, they've got some big players missing. Obviously, Alice Johnson wasn't at right back. Carter Vickers, Hatate uh, didn't play, and, and obviously Jota's left the, left the club. So they're, they're four massive players for Celtic. I don't think there's a, mm. a huge worry. I think Brendan Rodgers will be saying to the players, "Well, listen, if we're not at it, this is what happens." Because yep. you know, Darren's right. Teams do sit in against them, but Celtic football club, you have to be able to break them down, and that's now the pressure on the players. Find a way. But the reaction, even from Brendan Rodgers, though, is I need more quality. Mm -hmm. So. It, that suggests that he thinks it's more than just a bad day at the office. Well, no, he's, he's the saying... The squad he, isn't where he wants it to be. Yeah, that, that is exactly that. And I think if it would beat Kilmanic, he'd still have the same you know, outlook on it. We do need more quality. And I think, you know, Ange did it last season when he started, began to rest pairs. I think it was at Easter Road that Celtic lost um, when he put Scott Bain in goal when he was mm -hmm. rotating the squad. I think it's probably for the people who are kind of controlling the budget this this squad at this moment in time isn't good enough. It's not where I want it to be. And I think Ange did that last season in terms of rotating it. Yeah. Brendan's just had the injuries this season and they've lost to Kilmarnock. So when he goes to the board now, you know, I need players. I need to bring players in. I've told you this. We've seen it now. Let's not make sure this doesn't happen again. You know, let's bring these players in before the window closes. Because the difficulty there is there's a week left of this window. It's been open for months and Brendan Rodgers has been here for months, Kenny. So Marvin's saying he doesn't think it's you know, it suddenly changed because of one defeat against Kilmarnock. You'd like to think clubs are not that reactive, but I think Ch Charlie McGrew was on with us on Monday, and he said, you know, but, but it probably has brought things into a bit of a, 
Maybe a sharper focus Is that the way it works? Well again Does it really When there's seven days left Or eight, nine days mm. left To a window it's, It needs to be Pretty sharp now You know It should be right in focus And there's been a lot of talk Over even the last Even even before the defeat Of the weekend About there will be players Coming in you know, there will be signings that are going, to, are going to come through the door at Celtic Park before the end of the transfer window. But again, going back right to the start when Brendan was appointed, I was expecting more, and I've said it on the show, and actually being hammered a little bit because they're saying that it was underwhelming. Well, I think this is the reason you're making these types of statements. Marv just told you three or four players are, are missing for that that starting or that strong starting lineup for last season. That that suggests that Celtic are not as strong as what they were. I mean, I, I was just in jaw, really. You know, but but Johnston is is a really really he hit the ground running coming in a, in, in January and he looked a, a real real good player on the right side of that defence. Carter Vickers is always a loss. He's like he's him and Golton. When they're missing Celtic mm-hmm. and Rangers are not the same teams defensively when those two guys are missing. So uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be overly concerned if I was a Celtic fan, but I, there just needs to be improvements. You know, mm. they need to get players better players in that are going to improve the starting lineup. Otherwise, you become standing still. Thank you very much He's actually gone I was going to bring him back in But he's away He's away at practice Passing that side ball Around the living room That was my colleague Andrew McLean Who's at Easter Road Sent that message I won't claim that good line As my own I'm more than happy To give credit Where it's it's due But honestly I'm going to play So could neither of you hear that You were both listening To Greatest Hits Radio Yeah Yeah. I'm going to play it back for you (laughs) Genuinely Thank them all Apart from he went for the 50 50 on yeah. John McGinn and caught it wrong, which passed the rest. <laughs> Incredible. It's what you lot needed, though. That box of signed balls is, is, is getting out of hand. Peter is a Celtic fan on the line. How are you, Peter? Are you well? I'm fine, Gordon. Yeah. Thank Good you. man. What's on your mind tonight then? Uh, just sort of a very quick uh, question about uh, Kenny and Ma- uh, Marvin there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see uh, Rio Hattie has refused another extension of his contract. As far as the paper is concerned, mm-hmm. right? I think, as far as I'm concerned, he's not been playing. He's not. He's sat so in the Celtic team now. He's not been playing well, and I think if Celtic, Brendan uh, uh, Rodgers, if any decent offer came out of him, I would think I would take mm-hmm. it and get, get rid of him. I'm more than happy to have it as a. As a discussion point, and it was it was me that asked the question. I I, I would then almost though I wonder, you always wonder when you see the headlines. Does this mean Rio Hitati has walked in and said, "I will never sign a new contract from this club. I am out of here either soon or when this deal ends." Or is can this be par for the course? Club tries to keep a player. They go here you are, and he goes, "Nah, no thanks." And then they come back with something else. Does it mean it's the end of the road? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, players have rejected contracts in the past and then, like you say, signed them a few weeks later. Uh, I think we saw that with Goldson as well at Rangers, didn't we? Everyone thought he was going to leave the football club and then he ends up extending his stay. That's true. Um, you know, it, it's just, you know, 99% of the time it's not normally in the paper. So people see it and think that if somebody doesn't want to be at Celtic Football Club, it's too big a football club for anybody. I'm not just talking about Hatate, I'm talking about absolutely anybody. If they don't want to be there, then, you know, Celtic Football Club won't hang on to them. You know, they'll let them leave because there's so many players out there that do want to be there. You're never going to get the best out of a player who doesn't want to be there. I think for me, he is the best centre midfielder they have at this moment in time. I think he's absolutely fantastic. And if you're a manager at that football club, you'll definitely want to keep him. But like you said, Gordon, I don't think it's one of those things where it's the end of the road. I think he's enjoyed his time there so far. I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, Oh, <laughs> just as Marv's talking Is that a penalty to Villa is it <laughs> Can he take over please Yeah, yeah well listen I'll, I'll fill in I actually th- I agree with Peter a little bit I think Katai has looked uh, A little bit disinterested this year You know I d- it, 
I just don't think he's looked the same type of player. Obviously, he's, he's not <laughs> been playing, which is uh, which is not helpful. But uh, uh, no, that's, um, that's not getting overturned by VAR, nah, that is that it? That is not. Uh, I think he's offside, can he? Definitely no offside this time. Uh, yeah, go back on Hitati. I don't think he's looked particularly happy this year. Just his body language and. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he wants to wants to leave, but I think I'm, if, I, if I'm correct, I think he's got a contract till 2026, so it's a long time to kind of yeah, that, talk about thing, that at the it? moment, running things down. That's not going to happen. But uh, if there was a good good money, he was one of the players. I think when Ange left, oh, will he take Katati? Would he take Kyogo? Again, I still don't think he would. But if someone else might, you know, if there was a good transfer fee there, and there's somebody who maybe let you say, "Go on, it's no, I don't want to be here. I want this." He's just not signing a contract. You know that that's it. So, uh, but there, I think there could be something in it, and, and whether it happens in the next eight days or so, that remains to be seen. But I don't think Hattati looks particularly happy at this moment in time. Mm. I mean, Peter, what what has given you that impression? Because we've not really seen not seen that much. I mean, he was left out of the, the first game. He came on at Pitodri, went off injured soon after, so then wasn't available at, at Rugby Park. What makes you think his heart's not in it? Oh God, no, I see. I, I'm just not sorry, the same player as last year. Mm. Atati was a player of the year last year with a lot of Celtic fans, and me, me as well. But something's happened to him. Now, can you, can you ask me another wee question here? Go for it. Uh, Marvin, mm-hmm. what's the problem with Celtic Football Club? We've got six defenders all injured. It's only two weeks into the, the season. What is happening? Now that that is a good question, Mark. I'll be pleased if you can answer it. Come on. I wish I knew the answer. Sometimes, Peter, it's just down to a little bit of luck. You know, whether... You know, football's massively, in terms of injuries, it's down to luck a lot of the time. Um, Sometimes players are going to want to push back to play at the football club when maybe they're not 100% fit. But you can only go off what the players tell you, then, you know, have a reoccurring injury or whatever else it might be. Sometimes it's just just a bit of bad luck. Um, And unfortunately, at this moment in time, you do have a lot of players who are injured and... You know, your main centre-half is injured. Um, but listen, the players that are there should be good enough to fill in. You know, they're not there just to be squad players. Everyone that is at Celtic wants to be starting week in, week out. And, you know, their opportunities have came around because of injuries. So that now those players need to take it. They're there for a reason. They need to step up to the plate. And, if you know, if Brendan deems are not good enough to, to be there, I'm sure he'll move them out. But as I said, it's an opportunity for the non-injured players because of the amount of injuries you do have. Mm, thank you to Peter. It's 01419511025. And on the subject of big numbers, it's 5 0 to Aston Villa now. That penalty was converted, uh, and there are still 15 minutes to go. So a real sore one. We'll keep you up to speed on that. Get your calls in right now, and we'll give these two a full time teaser next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's still 5-0 to Aston Villa at Easter Road. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse uh, from a Scottish perspective. And we'll give you a full-time story in the not-too-distant future. The good thing is, though, the production staff in here are delighted because Marvin Bartley's facial expressions have given them GIF content for the next five seasons, I think. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about it, Gordon. I'm actually going to check the rules about his 5.45 kickoff. I don't think it's it's right, mate. I think this game <laughs> could be void. Yeah, you, You'll fit in very well on this I, phone I think, in. That's the type of call vo- we would I think it receive. could be void, mate. I've not seen it before. so. And you know why it is, don't you? Yeah, because the Champions League can't be... 
And the thing, that, the thing that's gone against Tibbs is they finished below Hearts in the league last season. So Hearts get to keep the Thursday night slot. <sighs> there you go. Anyway. <laughs> uh, right, we've got a full-time teaser for you. With no disrespect, Marvin. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Tackle your customers' spaces with made-to-measure wardrobes. With no disrespect, Marvin. It is aimed more at Kenny Miller, I think. I just think it's more his era... His area, I mean, you know, f- Scottish football did exist before you came yeah. in 2015 or whatever it no, was. No, I knew that. I knew a few teams up here before that. So, um, <laughs> just let's see how we get on. And it's a difficult one sent in by the Crazy Pony. Thank you to sending this in. Fulltime at Clyde1.com is the address you need to provide the questions. Let's see if the pundits can provide the answers. Since 1994, <laughs> bad start, four players that have played in Scotland have scored a European goal for Aston Villa. Can you name them? So since 1994, four players that have played in Scotland have scored a European goal for Aston Villa. The good news is John McGinn hasn't scored tonight, so we don't have to hastily add him to the list. Stalin Petrov? Wonderful. There we go. Stylian Petrov. And already you are 25% of the way there. Marvin, would you even know where to start on this No. One? No, unfortunately not. And, you know, I, I kind of feel useless next to Kenny, but Kenny, that's a fantastic start for us. That's an obvious one, though. I think that for me, uh, 1994, that means there's going to be one back in 1994. 1994. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would say is if there was a chance of Marvin getting any, it would have been the Petrov one, I think. That's what I was thinking as well, but, you know, Just Kenny too fast went ahead of me, yeah. Uh, we, we found that clip of you in 2008 pl- playing a serial Dessers pass to Chris yeah. Boyd. Who, whose was better, Marvin? Kenny's. That yeah. Was a, yeah, that's a fantastic pass. And because I was not expecting it from you, to be honest. Normally you shoot I'm from that a, angle. I'm eliminating <laughs> opponents. That was the thing. That was just a pass into space, mm. wasn't it? Found the silver lining for you. Listen to this for a plan from David Gibson. If Hibs don't turn up next week, at, like literally don't turn yeah. up, it'll only go down as a 3 0 defeat. You <laughs> <laughs> said that. It's a clever play. David Gibson on Twitter. You should like that tweet, that's fair enough. Okay, I will. Like. <laughs> um, sounds like a good plan to me. It does. It does, definitely. Just, it'll just go down there and just time waste. And Villa don't want to play anymore anyway. They're just keeping the ball for the sake of keeping it. Which is good, really. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. I think Hibs are going to get a goal here, though. And then that makes it really interesting. Based on... Based on the not how the shot on target in the second half. It can't so be based on anything at some point, that you've seen it? so far. Seven minutes to go. It's been, just, a, it's been a tough school, this Kenny. That is, it's uh, been. This has not been a good night. You know, I, I think a lot of people would expected Aston Villa to be comfortable winners, but it's, uh, it has been. A, it's been a real mismatch. You know, I mean, that was actually done all right in terms of early part of the game, yeah. getting into, uh, into dangerous areas like we talked about earlier. But Aston Villa have just been absolutely. Should ruthless. it have been such a been bigger mitch, uh, mismatch rather? Financially, yes, though, isn't it? I mean, that's that's the reality <laughs> it's, it's of it now. Huge gulf. It really is a it's huge. The reality. Gulf. I think if you, I mean, there's, there's, again, with hindsight, would Lee Johnson maybe have tried to do something different in, in terms of his tactics? Like, who knows? But, uh, I mean, 5 0, no, it's still, it is a, it's, it's not a good scoreline at any level. Well, like, like, you can do it by any metric you want, like, you know, the overall budget or whatever. But, I mean, this season, what was it? So, everyone here is all amazed that Hibs paid 700 grand for mm-hmm. Dylan Venti. I think two, was it Pau and Diaby? I saw, I read it earlier. I think they were brought in for about 80, 90 million euros combined over the summer. Oh, that should be a we're, handicap we're, scoring. Like we're golf, excited about they? 700 grand spent on Dylan Venti, who, with no disrespect to him, because that's the way it's been, I, I 
we barely saw him involved. Yeah, he was far too deep. So they couldn't get the ball up to him. But listen, it's one of those things. It's been it's been a good run. Fans have had some good trips away. That's it. It's coming. We've still got Birmingham to look forward to. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Oh no. Gordon start talking. Yeah, it's, there we go. Good defending good by Hibs. Good tackle, that is. Uh, in the end, so yes, it is tough indeed. And it's a busy old week for European football, of course. We had Rangers last night, Hibs tonight, and on we go for some of the other clubs. Yeah, big big one for Hearts tomorrow. Like you said, they finished above Hibs. Keep reminding me of that, so they are playing tomorrow. But hopefully, in all seriousness, I hope they can go through. You know, I always support all Scottish teams when it comes to Europe. I think it's, it's fantastic for our league. I think for far too long it's been looked down upon. Um, you know, so obviously the plaudits that Celtic got in the Champions League and then Rangers and you know that run to the final Europa League as well, I think it's done wonders for our game. Obviously, you know today is it, what's happens happened, but no, I always want Scottish teams to go through. So hopefully Hearts can do that. You know, starting with a good first leg tomorrow. Decent chance for Aberdeen as well, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, you you know you're not going to have it easy, but in terms of the one opponent to play to get to. Europa League group stage, you I would have taken Hacken, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And I know that look, you can play that back if Hacken win comfortably. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but you know what I mean. No, listen, again, it's, it's a decent draw. I think Hearts have got a, a realistic opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, uh, they're games that they should be able to be. This, it's, no, it's not like this game here, but you're, you're, you're against a team with that much more resources and things. I think it's a good good opportunity for both their teams. And two are, listen, they're two good teams. I was at the Hearts game at the, at the weekend. And I know it was against Partick, but they've got a really strong squad, Hearts. Yeah. Really, really strong squad. Uh, looks at all these injuries and things that they had last season. I think maybe Barbig, Craig Halkett and Craig Gordon, they're, they're on the way back. Their squad looks really, really strong. And for me, they're a good team. That's why I've kind of said I think they will be third uh, this season. And Aberdeen have, uh, have made a couple of good signings as well over the summer. And they finished the season, obviously, well getting third. So it's, I think both our teams have got good opportunities. Hibs, obviously, have had the biggest task. There's no doubt about it. Mm. I mean, he is a well-known comedian, so you would expect this level of wit. But Kevin Bridges has just tweeted saying, Hibs looking sharp. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time and a place, Gordon. Leave him alone. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best thing Kevin Bridges has done since he rejected Gordon DL's selfie request outside Celtic Park. <laughs> you ever heard that story? Gordon asked him for a picture outside Celtic Park. He said no. Just, just point blank yeah, refused. It's, it's poor, that though. No, no, that no, makes me happy. It's poor. No, not, because it's me happy. not because it's, it's him. Not because it's him. Gordon deserved it. Oh, honestly. Yeah. I'm absolutely delighted with it. Let's bring in Richard and Livingston. How are you, Richard? Uh, not too bad. I'm pretty gutted about the hips at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, not as gutted as Marvin, I must say. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a tough one to take, isn't it? Aye, aye. It's, it's not so good. But what about your own team, though? That Does that cheer you up? I don't know. Um, I think we're kind of alright, but it was mo it's more to, I'm worried about the kind of vibes that are coming off Brendan Rogers. Like, we know we've got money in the bank, but absolutely. But, they're in black and white. Um, there's a couple of things I would say about the money thing as well, but the announcement of the stock exchange, but I don't know if it's for this programme, but um, I think there's a real, there's not one to go in the window. It almost takes like at least a few days to get a transfer done. I don't think we've really bought Brendan Rogers signings in. I don't know if that's how it works anymore, to be honest. But even the uh, Rocky that we brought in, when Brendan Rodgers, everyone thinks that was his signing, but when he was actually interviewed about it, I think he said he'd, um, he'd seen him a couple of times, which doesn't strike me as being an absolutely Brendan Rodgers signing. 
and I just there's a thing among the fans, and it, maybe it's escalated because of Kilmarnock. For me personally, it's not. It's just I was waiting for things to happen in the window, and I think if we've not brought in say key players that are oven ready to go into the first team, I think we need five. But if we don't bring in three by the end of the window, I think there's going to be a you know a well, lot of what what sort of areas Richard straight yeah. into that first team because. It's not often I stick my neck on the line It just sets you up And I'll leave that to the pundits But Celtic aren't going to sign Five starting 11 players in a week Are they? No they're not That's what I mean So I think three But I right. think we need five So we definitely need a striker Because uh, We've got the Asia Cup coming up So that leaves you without a striker at all Yeah um, Yeah I mean to be fair That's down the line But they're not signing someone yeah. to, to replace Kyogo just now no. though, Are they in the starting 11? No, that, that, I don't think that's an error. I think that's an error. They'll bring somebody oh. else in. I, I, mm-hmm. I agree with Richard. I said that before on the show. I think they will bring in another centre forward, but not to replace Kyogo. No chance. And, and any striker that comes in has to know that they are second in line, which makes that signing you know ever the more difficult. Because if you're bringing, if it, you know, if you didn't have Kyogo and it's more of a you know an average striker, another centre forward coming in there will think, well, do you know what? I can get that that start in place in the team. I think any four going in there has to know, or they will know, that Kyogo is a starting striker. So it's then about getting your opportunities when they come. But, you know, let's be honest, the wee man doesn't miss many games, does he? Yeah, what else are you thinking, um, Richard, areas that you think you want to see strengthened this week? On the striker thing, we won't have O either during that period. So, right, so anyway, I think West Urgently a goalkeeper, but we still need a new goalkeeper. Uh, West back, centre midfield, West wing and striker, that was a five. It's a lot, Kenny. Um, I think if you if you break it down, striker, there definitely needs to be someone to come in to, to provide competition for Kyogo. And like Mar says, like Kyogo, as it stands now, is the number one, and I'm sure every Celtic fan can't see a, a Celtic team without him in it. But if the striker comes in and shows he's going to be better, then any place. You know, it's as simple as that. The left winger, again, breaking it down, it's the replacement for Jaw. You know, it's not happened. The midfielder I have signed Tilio and Yang And yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I, I, that's yeah, not me have. saying They're as good as Jota yeah, But what do, you, what do you keep doing Just keep like Well it's the numbers of wingers They have at the moment yeah. it, You know that, that's, that's going to take them Far too hard And I get this stuff with Kyogo But how many opportunities Are you going to get To prove that you're better than them? And by the way If you come in And we saw it with Jakimakis last season Come in and you score goals It doesn't matter Kyogo's back He's playing Yeah you know? but no I get it I get it But like It's a hard, it's a hard sell For a player then it's a hard sell. Yeah. Well, you're coming to sit on the bench if you're lucky, you know. That's and that, a difficulty. So, so that's where it's what kind of player they're going to get. Because anybody that's coming in that's going to be happy to do that, for me, you don't, you don't sign for Rangers. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. I know there is squad players and things, but that's why guys have actually left because they're, they're not happy just to sit and, sit and watch uh, Kyogo uh, play up front or whatever. The midfielder, I'm not so sure. I think there is still, if Tati was to leave, that would be one. Uh, you maybe have to sign someone else, but I think they're pretty, they're pretty strong in there. And left back has always been that area, not just left back, it's the left side of that defence. But two centre backs have now came in, mm-hmm. so you're not again, like you say, you're not going to just keep signing centre backs until you until you get one that fits. Like they've signed two centre backs, and these guys are going to be uh, the options to play alongside Carter Vickers. But the left back again, it's, it's probably a bit harsh on on Greg Taylor. But I just think when you're working any big club or any club actually, when you're working through your squad, you start to look right where can I. Where can I strengthen? Does Burnaby get a look in at any point? By all accounts, we were getting calls in pre-season, people thinking that he was looking a bit better. Yeah, but you also have to wait up. Yeah, again, like you're saying, people were saying he's looking looking better, but if you bring in another left-back, then one of them has to go. Mm. You know, 
that's fine. You have to balance the sheets out here. You can't just have three, four, five left backs. So somebody's going to have to go in order to bring another left back in. It's the numbers as well. And Brendan, you know, if you listen to his interviews and when he speaks about coaching, he only wants to coach with a certain amount of players. You know, so I think he's already over that number if you count the Celtic first yeah. team. So you've already players out of that. So players, I think, are going to have to go for players to come in. What do you think, Richard? Yeah, well, I totally agree that players have to go. That's been the case for like a couple of years, to be honest. We've got players on the, the wage bill that have not contributed at all for like a couple of seasons. Um, as far as Hatate goes, um, I think some of the headlines are a wee bit I, I don't know. I think negoti- apparently negotiations are actually still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And um, if I had, he had a really poor pre-season, to be honest. So I think that's why he didn't start. You know, they had Sumble in, uh, just to maybe give him a kick up the backside. But when he came on against Aberdeen, uh, for those trick minutes before he got injured, like you can't say he wasn't committed, because he was. Yeah, um, uh, Richard, do you know what? sorry, I'm going to have to nip it there and you make some great points that hopefully we can pick back up on another time because we're fast approaching the break and it's full time at Easter Road. These 5.45 kickoffs are no use to us. Let's get a, a full time picture from Andrew McLean. Cover your ears, Marvin Bartley. Yes, Hibs nil, Aston Villa 5, the full time score. The golfing class between these two sides very much evident here at Easter Road tonight. Hibs will have been relatively happy with their start, but the wheels started to fall off pretty quickly. Lee Johnson's side not covering themselves in glory defensively. Aston Villa showing their quality in key moments as well. The first one of those, 17 minutes in, Luca Dean's cross from the left onto the head of Ollie Watkins, and he did well to steal that one into the bottom corner for 1-0. Hibs tried to get forward and cause some problems and use their pace, but Martin Boyle found himself offside more often than not, really. Some bad decision-making across the team as well and they just couldn't really create any opportunities the second Villa goal that came 33 minutes in Douglas Louise with a corner Diego Costa flicking that one on and Ollie Watkins won the physical battle at the back post and headed in another goal came from another header 42 minutes in Luca Dean gets to the byline hangs it up at the back post and there's Leon Bailey this time to nod in for 3-0 not great going into the break Lee Johnson would have hoped that they could keep it tight after the break but Aston Villa got forward down the left 51 minutes in Luca Dean the provider again this time with a low ball across the box Ollie Watkins converted the flag initially went up for offside but his hat-trick was confirmed following a VAR check the fifth came from the penalty spot Bertrand Traore turned Lewis Stevenson inside out the defender then tripped him and the referee pointed to the spot. Douglas Louise stepped up to take. Kamisha like sending David Marshall the wrong way for five. The second leg, of course, at Villa Park next week. Just as well, we're sending our colleague Gabriel in case Hibs somehow managed to turn it around. Eh? The full time score here at Easter Road. Hibs nil, Aston Villa five. Ah, he'll enjoy his night out in Birmingham, I'm sure. <laughs> a young man full of life like him. Um, if you want to call in about that Hibs game performance result, now's the time to do it. On the teaser, since 94, four players that have played in Scotland have scored a European goal for Villa. Still in Petrov. Is this Quella? A, just get Kenny to do this, yeah. Yeah. Uh, nope. Alan Sean Hutton? Nope. No on both? No on both. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay, we'll get the rest yep. of the answers and Stuart and Cardonald is up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. 
number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley has not enjoyed his evening. Uh, it's been a tough night for Hibs. Hibs nil, Aston Villa five. I mean, Kenny Miller's a former Hibs player as well, but you you keep them close to your heart. I think that's where you've gone wrong tonight. Yeah. Um, so if you want to give any thoughts, a five nil. Um, I see John McGinn is on TV getting high fives from the TV cast. Um, he's obviously he's a big favourite up here in Scotland anyway, but not so, uh, not such a happy return. From a Hibs fan's perspective tonight On the full-time teaser We're about to bring in Stuart The full-time teaser tonight Very quickly There are only four So four players Who've played in Scotland at some point And they've scored a European goal for Villa John McGinn's not one of them Because he didn't score tonight Petrov is You got him Dion Dublin Dion Dublin Well done Well done Played for Celtic of course And scored for Villa against Rennes If anyone is paying attention Back at the turn of the century uh, okay, the two that I'll give you loose clues. One's a former Rangers player, one's a former Celtic player. Both scored for Villa in the mid-90s and then came to Scotland. Particularly one of them came to Scotland a good bit after that. It's not helped you at all, has it? Um, you can send us a tweet if you think you know the answers and don't forget it's fulltime at Clyde1.com to send your questions in. Please, Stuart's been hanging on for ages. I'm sorry, Stuart. What's your point tonight? Hi Gordon, good evening panel, thanks for taking my call Pleasure uh, Well, the main reason I was, uh, wanted to phone in tonight was because one of the, the previous calls uh, after a, a, a brilliant battling performance last night and a decent result one of the calls came on and decided to lambast Tavernier you know, give the guy a break look what he's done for the club over his tenure at Rangers you know, 102, 103 goals God knows how many assists he's saying he's no kicked a ball this season I mean what more do you want? You know, I mean, I, I thought Tav was okay. Oh, listen, he's no been at his best this season. But I thought after, as I said, after that last night, uh, I, honestly, I was incandescent with rage earlier on, and that's why I had the phone. I thought Rangers. I mean, let's be honest. Before I ball him and kick last night, most Rangers fans, if they're honest, uh, didn't give us a hope. They thought PSG were going to put three, four buyers, but I thought. You seen last night that was the Rangers team starting to click, starting to gel, starting to come together. I was on two weeks ago and it was Cami and Marvin, and I said I trust Bill, I trust these uh, players will come together, and I seen a good glimpse of that last night. Yeah, to be fair to the call, I think the call did also acknowledge what Tavernier had done in terms of contribution to the club. But listen, we can let's not go around in circles on that one too late on uh, in the show. So Stuart, overall, then were you? Were you happy last night? Did you see more positives than negatives last night? A hundred percent, Gordon. Uh, first half, obviously not so great, but I thought Todd Cantwell carried us in the first half. His energy, his uh, passion, his tenacity, you know, uh, lifted the crowd and the crowd were on board last night. And uh, I, I was actually calling for Seema to get hooked at half-time and then he came up with that world in the top corner. I was like, wow. Uh, that was one of my main points the last time I was on. I said, usually when you sign a, a player a few million, you see a glimpse. I hadn't really seen any of it pre-season up to the Kilmarnock game. But my God, Seema, uh, what a goal last night. Uh, Rabi Matondo, he's turning into the player I always thought he would be at the start. Obviously, he's no had a chance, he's had injuries, whatever. But uh, for me, I would definitely start Rabi Matondo next week in the Phillips Stadium. Definitely, but yeah, uh, on the whole, I was pleased last night because, as I say, 
if I was being honest, I wasn't hoping for much last night in terms of the result. I, I really thought PSV were going to, you know, come to Ibrooks and pose our game, which they did. But listen, credit to Rangers. They were absolutely excellent. Connor Golson, John Souter, even Barish, which I thought was a great game. And Michael Beale's substitutions were on point. They were on the ball. They were excellent. The game as a whole is littered with examples of players who you thought weren't going to cut it at a club and then they redeem themselves. Can this be the start of something for Rabi Matondo? Listen, I, I think he's had a decent season, start to the season so far, and whether it be starting a game. Against Morton, I thought he looked a real threat. I, I really did. He just lacked that end product. So whether he be whether it be a cross, a cutback, he had a couple of opportunities to score that he never took, but it was a real threat. The type of player again that Rangers have not really got in terms of the starting lineup. He doesn't really play that type of player. Uh, hence at the end of last season he was more playing as maybe a front two alongside Takala so uh, but I think he's, he's started the season pretty well he's a threat at the moment he might need to be that impact player you know he there's no doubt I think after last night Sean and, and how he came on against Livingston and I think in glimpses against uh, um, Morton as well he'll have a role to play next week whether that's for the start or whether that's coming off the bench to impact the game the way he did uh, last night there's no doubt he's, he's worked his way into Michael Beale's plans that's for sure yeah, what, does he, what, what does he need to do then to become a, a starter or, or is he pigeonholed as an impact player just now? No, become more consistent You know, with the positive things that he brings to the game as Kenny's speaking about there. I, I've said it before, I think you know, we're far too quick in, in this country to, to write players off and sometimes you know, you're not going to get the finished articles. So Matondo's a, a typical example of that. You know, We know the pace that he has but at times he is inconsistent. Listen, if he was going past his man and putting the perfect cross every time with the pace that he has, he'd be worth probably £30 million. So, you know, Bill has players at the club that he needs to make better. And yes, they need to make themselves better also. But, you know, for me, he is one that, you know, offers that pace now. With Sakala going, I don't see anybody else who can do what he can do in terms of, you know, when he is on the pitch. But consistency is going to get him in that starting team. Look, there's no point in getting too far ahead. I'm not trying to spin it into some sort of, of negative. But you'd be interested already to see then the the next team because you know the, the next starting eleven because Matondo does come on and make that impact. Sima scores that wonder goal, but Stuart's saying, "Well, I was I was desperate for him to get hooked <laughs> up until that point." So you've wondered, you know, what are, are we are we any closer to to knowing what Rangers' strongest combination is for me no. from the start of a game? For, for me, no. I still think <clears throat> there's nobody done enough to. To, to, to earn that yeah, you know you have to earn that right to be a not a guaranteed starter but well you become a guaranteed starter by your performances yeah. you know that's why I think most teams through through football there's probably eight guys that you're saying oh they'll be playing you know uh, and that probably is the case for, for Rangers but it's the, it's the two three guys that are in that front line are, are kind of all jostling for position at the moment and there's none of them really grabbed that grabbed that shirt and made, made it their own but what there is there is weapons there you know and, and I think all of them have They've got no bad numbers at this stage. You see, in terms of goals, in terms of assists. I mean, that was Ravi Matondo's first goal for Rangers last night. So yeah. you're hoping that that could kick him on. Maybe he's just he's still 22. That's you know, he's moved kid. on for so much money as mm -hmm. a young kid as well. And there's just so much probably weighty expectation on him that he's still a young man and he's probably never really been a regular anywhere he's been. So he still needs to earn that right. He still needs to show that he's he's ready for that. But there's no doubt that the, that the kid's got ability and he's got an asset that we would all love to have, which is that lightning base. Quickly, Stuart, because we're out of time almost uh, are Rangers going to do the job next week? Yes I firmly believe we'll, we'll go there and uh, we'll do a number on them I think obviously we're going to have to absorb a lot of pressure 
obviously they're a good team, good players are going to come at us, but I, I truly believe after last night's performance, you know, we'll go over there and we'll, we'll get the job done. Definitely. We will find out. Thank you very much to Stuart and Cardonald. Right before you go, I need to get your final thoughts on the Hibs. No, I'll just go on to the teaser. <laughs> well, listen, you won't be any better than that, so <laughs> careful what you wish for. Come on. Listen, there's a second leg to come. Anything can happen in football. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it right now, Kenny. Bring some sense to this. Yep, it's tie over. Uh, it's Thanks. been a, a good a good journey for Ibs. They've got through two rounds. They've, they've faced a formidable opponent and there's always probably, I felt, going to be a step too far. Yeah. Um, how do you, you approach the next leg? <laughs> Just as a single game. Forget about the first leg. Like Kenny said, in terms of a tie, it's over. You have to go there and, and embrace the second leg. It's you know a stadium that a lot of these players might not get to play in again in their careers and have to go out there and put a positive performance in. But they, what they can't do is go to Villa Park and go through the motions because you know you, you'll come out with you know worse than a five 0 defeat. Milo Lorimer on Twitter has the two answers you are looking for. Can you name four players that have played in Scotland and have scored European goals for Villa? It's since 1994. And by the way, thanks again to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Bride. Make sure you check out their trade counter on Colville's Road uh, and if you want to send a question in it's fulltime at clyde1.com so you've got Dion Dublin you've got Stelian Petrov I told you there's one former Celtic player one former Rangers player remaining Tommy Johnson for Celtic, for Celtic. brilliant wow Damn, yeah. I know who that is though you do? yeah yeah. <laughs> I know who that is played for Kilmarnock as well actually yeah, was, um, uh, Rangers won what kind of year are we talking here? do you know he came up to Rangers towards the end of his career? So it's not it's not that long ago. I'm trying to think if you Paul Barsley because you've got no. a dozen spells at Rangers um, scored a memorable goal against Celtic. Oh, come but, on, now. but he was a defender. Ah, you go Eggy Hog. You no? go Eggy Hog. Yeah. Wow, we done yeah. well with that, by the way. We the word we <laughs> is doing a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> we done, we done well today, Kenny. Yeah. And that's master. That. Thank you very much to Marvin Bartley and Kenny Miller. Uh, thank you for keeping us company. Thanks to all you for your calls and your tweets and for listening at home and watching as well. Hopefully you're still enjoying the live stream. I'm referring to it less and less because I don't want to really keep reminding Marvin that he really should turn up in something better than his, <laughs> his uh, Queen of the South tracksuit. But there we are. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Hope you're enjoying it. We are back tomorrow with two men who were made for the big screen said nobody ever it's Gordon DL and Mark Wilson from Six and up next uh, music from Gala and Ed Sheeran with Callum Gallagher <laughs>